It is 7 o'clock, live from Rottweiler Performance in Costa Mesa, California. This is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, number 26. Um, you think by now we'd be able to do this a little bit better? What took you so long to do one here? Uh, you threatened to lock me in the dino room, yeah. and I took you seriously. So um, this is Chris uh, Parker from Rottweiler Performance, everybody. Everybody. Um, he is going to be the co-host today. Uh, he's got to stand up to the... Uh, well, the high standards of uh, Big John, uh, uh, Andrew Short, Ricky Brabeck. You're sitting in a, in a hot seat there. Piece of cake. <laughs> Piece of cake. They got Good. nothing on me. Okay, that you you heard it here first. So we're gonna we're gonna judge how this does, how his performance does, based on the ratings. That's it's all about ratings. We can track everything, and uh, so Andrew doesn't drink like I do. <laughs> when he does, it's funny. No, Andrew, Andrew tried to tell me that I didn't know how to ride in the sand. No, wait. I tried to tell Andrew he didn't know how to ride in the sand. I can't uh-huh. remember. Um, but that's kind of what happens. That's why we record this stuff, so I can go back and you can say, Jimmy, you actually did say that, and you were 100% wrong. So 70% of the time, you get 100% accuracy, and that's the way we're going to run it. So the, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to start out with the questions that you guys posted on the different forums. So we farm the questions back off the YouTube posts from last time's show, off of the bike tests and stuff that we publish. Uh, we put up posts on Facebook where you guys can ask motorcycle and motorcycle product-related questions. Then we grab those, I uh, write them down and or print them out, and we will answer those live on the air. So I don't have to type so much into the computer because it's a lot easier for me to talk. And this fly wants to fly in my mouth. I'm going to have to kill it. Good. It flew away. Won't um, drink much. <laughs> so uh, then we will uh, we'll see where all that takes us, those questions. Uh, We will take questions off of the YouTube live feed. If questions start popping up there, this is uh, kind of an experiment for us. We're going to see how that works. And then... I was the first one to like it. Oh. We got three likes. That's good. So that's out of five. That's not too bad. We've got a good percentage rate. Then we will um, get questions from the crowd here because a few people showed up at Rottweiler Performance. We just told them to shut up. But we will give them time to speak later. And then... uh, they can ask their questions if they have any. I'm sure they're just going to get more confused. And then last but not least, we will do our last uh, fire round of Facebook questions that seem to happen about two minutes after I say we're going to sign off. Then all of a sudden we get a barrage of questions. That's when we'll go back to the Facebook comments and try to address those. The speed round. The speed round. That's what it is. And then and then um, my wife, Heather, who is here today, also suggested that we do apologies at the end of the show for all the people that I piss off. So... It's uh, Chris's other job on his notepad there to write down um, when I offend somebody and then we'll apologize to him at the end of the show and or uh, some, somebody will be fact-checking for us. Generally, um, that's uh, George. Where's George? Honey, can you get me a legal size paper? <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is going to be. Is George, George out there? Because um, uh, George could be our uh, fact-checker because he usually posts up the things. Like if we talk about something, he'll link to it. He'll put it in the, in the chat room, and, uh, which is really helpful. But you can probably tell me every time I'm wrong uh, this way, and we'll go for there. Hey, so in other news, um, we, uh, besides the fact that we have um, some really nice tequila here, uh, courtesy of Chris, he's going to out-tequila me. Um, we have uh, the archived uh, parts of this show. Uh, a guy contacted me, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, his name was Dimitri. He was he showed me a picture of him watching Tech Talk Taco Tuesday after they got back from a ride out in a really awesome looking place. And he's like, 
these need to be podcasts. And I, well, that was the idea from the beginning. It just, I'm technologically kind of a moron. So, um, we, he's been helping me and they are actually getting done close to getting done. Um, so that's happening. We're going to have, we're going to have podcasts here. If you're watching the video, you're seeing, going to see Chris, uh, hold up some tequilas. You think he's showing off, but we'll find it's all about the taste. Uh, yeah, your tequilas will. <laughs> I, at, at 218 certified tequilas, which I, I have, I can vouch for. Um, yeah, you're not on that list. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I can taste a tequila that I like. It's kind of like riding motorcycles, and we're going to talk about some um, motorcycle comparison tests uh, that have gone on lately. And uh, motocross traction control. We're going to talk a little bit about the KTM 300. XCW TPI bike that unfortunately I have to turn back in tomorrow and uh, a couple other quick things. So, um, yeah, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about Rottweiler Performance? What is it? How long have you been in business and uh, what you got going on here? Because this place is frankly pretty amazing knowing where you started. Thank you. Um, Rottweiler Performance is a Southern California based. Oh, sorry. A little closer. Sorry. Yeah. I'm not used to this. Uh, Rottweiler Performance is a Southern California-based uh, performance shop uh, specializing in mainly KTM. So from basically 500 up is what we chose because below that is kind of saturated. The girls' bikes, right? The, the girls' bikes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the small bikes. We used to call them big bikes, but they're small. But um, we built a niche. We started around 2011. We built a niche for uh, basically tuning and intake systems. Um, and we just kind of kept pushing, pushing, and growing and growing it. And we... Didn't really have any idea how big. I mean, none of this was even in our purview a couple of years ago. I mean, even a year ago. And well, I'm going to tell the story about how I found you. Oh, you were drunk? No, nah, not yet. Right. I was riding my bike to go. Get, you had beer go. stains on your shirt. Oh, that was sweat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you sweat yellow. So um, I was I was riding my bike. You know what? Maybe it was after I'd r- gone running. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd gone on one of my running uh, my running club things, and I was riding my bicycle back, and I was cruising through a parking lot, the, you know, the dark back streets of uh, Co- Guadalajara, Mesa, Costa, mm-hmm. Coastal uh, Mesa. Coastal Mexico. Yeah, Coastal Mexico. I was cruising back through the back streets, you know, on my bicycle, and uh, I saw a really Sano Sierra 450X. It was like a Baja race bike. had the big lights on it, and I, you know, I was like, oh, look at that. You know, that's it. Somebody must have stole that, <laughs> you know, parked it out here. <laughs> but no, it was a really nice uh, bike. And then I looked in, I looked in the shop, and it was a fabrication shop, and there was a couple other bikes in there. And I think I, 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 I strolled in. Yeah, we were loading up. We were going pre-running we were going the Baja 500, and I thought you were a homeless guy. Yeah, thank you. I literally thought you were a homeless guy. You looked like one. That's I try to keep incognito around here. Yeah, yeah. want to blend in. You did. So, so I, I said, I, I think I just started asking you some questions. I was pretty amazed at the bike because at the time I'd been doing a lot of stuff with Johnny Campbell and I knew what a good CR450X was. And we just started talking, and he figured he was talking to a homeless guy who just read Dirt Rider magazine. I almost told you to pound sand and beat it. Yeah, because I'm actually not kidding. At the time, I was the editor of Dirt Rider magazine. <laughs> And and I said, man, I I'd, I'd like to, you know, we do this thing called uh, what was the name of that section? Um, factory rides or, or dream rides? Dream rides. That's what it was. Dream rides. I said I'd, I'd like to ride this bike for a, a dream rides, and you probably at that point really thought I was <laughs> screwed up. So we set it up and uh, went and rode his bike, and I was pretty impressed with uh, uh, everything about it. In all honesty, um, with the exception of the muffler, uh, he liked a loud muffler. 
It's Mexico. You want them to hear you coming. <laughs> yeah. Especially so, the cows. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we did that. And um, over the course of time, we just kind of developed a friendship. And uh, see, that's why I was going to pick on you now. You're all KTMs. Uh, you, you thought I was a moron for liking KTMs at that time. Did I? I think so. You thought, why would, so. why would anybody want to ride one of those? I may have said something to that degree. <laughs> so you were, you were Honda, like, th- through and through. And yeah. I, what year I, was I, this? I've never bled anything. I've yeah. never, I mean, if you, it, two wheels is great, but no, yeah. I think that was... we got a Husky behind us. That it's, al- was, it's almost a KTM, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a white KTM. So but, 2000 uh, and... It's 2008? Was there... Was the... Was the uh, what year did the, um, the 950 come out? Was the 950 out at then? Oh yeah. Okay. It came out in '05. Uh, '05. That's actually 2003. Three. Yeah. So I have. I actually. I should know. I have the very first one. I still have that bike with one of your intake systems on it. By the way. Thank you. So um, it means a lot to me, Jimmy. Yeah. Well, I, I kept. I you kept, probably got it for free. I well, <laughs> I did testing. I developed help development for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. D- d- durability thrash testing. You can see what a like a moron does with it when you just beat stuff up all the time. And it worked, right? It works great, um, and and like eighty percent of the stuff you told me when you were being a salesman, when you were trying to tell me how bitching it was, eighty percent of that stuff actually worked. What and, didn't? Um, I don't remember, but you made it sound like it was going to be great. And the one thing I didn't believe you on, and it took me a long time to prove this to myself, because I'm very well. I don't want to say I'm wrong, but I, so I was slightly off base. Is you told me that jet it up and you know, do all this jetting changes and you're going to get better fuel mileage. And I'm like, there's no way it, it, not with a CV carb. You can't go with bigger jets and all that stuff like that. So, and I, I had a really good setting that I liked before. And I typically, you know, this, I like my stuff leaner and I don't really want the snap and power. I want it smooth. Well, I started going towards your jetting direction and the mileage kept getting better and better. And I kid you not, that thing probably got 20 to 30% better fuel economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only change I did was to the, the air filter, the air intake, and um, and I was running a single FMF exhaust, a mm-hmm. Q exhaust at the time, which you wanted me to put big bazooka mufflers on it, but, uh, you know, two of them too. But uh, anyways, so, so no, good, uh, good, and now I have them on my 1190, on my 1090, and uh, if you want a, a boost in power, and it's not, as, it's not as drastic, I don't think, as it was with the carbureted bikes. Mm-hmm. I think as fuel injection got better, I don't think you're going to get that big of a jump in uh, in fuel economy, but... In throttle response, like wrist to throttle response, uh, they're good. Intakes are really, really good. And uh, so, yeah. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah. So not blowing smoke and up your, you know, just <laughs> t- telling, telling you what it really is. Actually, and you can you can read about it. You can read a test where we talk about that kind of stuff on dirt bike tests. So um, don't don't be scared to type in www.dirtbiketest.com, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so continue. So, so now you're now you're making awesome KTM products. Yeah. So, I, I mean, th- at first when we started making these things, it was like, you know, th- I made one for myself, and I, uh, it was when I, I met my beautiful wife down, and we'll put her on camera here in a little bit. But I made one for myself on the 2008 Super Duke, and had no intention of ever selling it. It was just something I wanted to do for myself, so I did this thing. Because your background is in fabrication. Intake, intake fabrication, exhaust fabrication. I designed the exhaust for like Singer Porsche, so I do exotic car exhaust systems and intake systems for race cars, that kind of thing. Yep. So just as a tinkerer, I played around with the intake, and I, I bought this 2008 Super Duke that was black. And I'm going to tell you how we came up with the name. Because a lot of people ask me, "How the hell did you come up with the name? Are you a dog lover?" <laughs> like, I love dogs, but I need a dog like a hole in the head. 
So <laughs> with our schedule. So I bought the motorcycle because it saved me so much money on gas going to visit my wife in Mexicali because it took us two and a half or three years to get our visa. So I bought this motorcycle, and I saved so much money in gas that it, that it, it paid for the payment of the bike. So naturally, as fabricators do and performance guys, I started tinkering with the intake, and I took it down to a dyno. And we dynoed it, and it made it like a solid nine horsepower, which was, I mean, the dyno guy was blown away. He's like, I've never seen anything like this. So at the time, I had a guy with an adventure bike, and we were building a dyno header for him in the shop. So he says, you know, that, that motor's the same. You want to, you know, see if it fits in that? So we stuck in that, and it fit like it was made for the adventure bike. Like, it, it was a complete accident. Yeah. I told the guy to keep it quiet for a while. He didn't. He went on Adventure Rider and started talking about it, and the phone calls started coming in. <laughs> and so I started making these things on the weekends, and first it was lunch money, and then it was lunch and a little bit of rent, then it was l- lunch, rent, and mortgage, and everything else. And we just kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and, and we knew I don't do anything half-assed. There's nothing I do half-assed. And, and a lot of people get into this business, and then they back off. They, they realize it's like the customer support is gnarly. The people who, I mean, if people are pissed off, they don't it get the be- stuff. It becomes a real business. Yeah, and we, some people back off because they don't want that. Um, we kept pushing forward and kept pushing, and we were able to build it. Um, and I think through just, like, good old-fashioned work and, you know, old-fashioned ideas about business, it just grew. You know, and there's a lot of guys that really focus on their front end of their website and make everything beautiful and all this stuff. And we focused on the back end. And, and well, we start, had, it, start, it starts with a good product. And it was kind of yeah. funny because I, I got to watch it a lot largely from the outside because, you know, it, I'd, I'd ride my bike by, you know, not drunk. <laughs> ride my bike by Some and of the say, time. See, see what was up. You know, I'm on my way back and forth. And, uh, um, you know, you'd see the shops, like, start swelling and the, and the car fabrication stuff get pushed off the side. All of a sudden, there's, like, an assembly line of air intakes and mm-hmm. then these other parts. And all of a sudden, you're stocking parts and there's thing, And then, then all of a sudden, it's the building next door. Mm-hmm. And you just started – and then there's upstairs and it started, yeah. it started growing. And Try to stick it anywhere we could. Then you can't go mountain bike riding because you're stuck in the shop and you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, busy, you're busy doing this and that. So, yeah. And so here we are now. Growing and, pains. And yeah. Things are awesome. And we're really happy. It's a lot of work, but we're, we couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah, no, it's, uh, the sh- shop here is, is pretty impressive. I mean, uh, if you were looking out in front of where the cameras are, there's, what, two or three 790s. There's a couple 690s. There's all kinds of bikes in various states of uh, getting built up. And, and a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody have a big mirror? Yeah. <laughs> no, we could actually turn the camera around, but I don't want to knock it off of a, <laughs> knock it off a kid. Tell them to come in here and get a beer. Right. Yeah, you just can't you just can't talk because there's like an echo and people say it sounds like I'm, I'm I'm doing this podcast off of my toilet, so um, which would be kind of fitting. Pacifico. Sometimes. Uh, so, anyways, yeah. Thanks for um, uh, thanks for uh, joining in and watching us, uh, and then also thanks for having us here. It's kind of nice to have a change of uh, change of studios every once in a while. It's a little pain to set up, but other than that, pretty nice. Um, Is this where am I reading? I'm trying to read the comments here. Are these the so Are those, these live comments, they start from the top? Yeah, I don't know whether they start at the top or the bottom, but you kind of you can kind of scroll up and down. And uh, I think we lost audio for a while because San Felipe. Oh, he always he always has problems, and then he has to and then he has to go um, so put diapers on his kids or his boy and his girl oh, okay. or however it works. I'm not really sure. Uh, Christmas has sounds on. <laughs> yeah, so no, it's 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 working okay. Um, so I'm going to start diving into some of these questions. Chris, feel free to um, chime in. When uh, when needed, um, we're going to start off with. Uh, we had a lot of questions uh, about the KTM 300 XCW, which is the fuel injected two-stroke. It's 
the bike we just tested, I think, up on our YouTube channel right now. I haven't really transferred it over to the website yet, but we have a preview video or a video I did after I rode the bike just uh, for a day. And then I did a short uh, video for you attention-starved uh, uh, attention people. Uh, don't pay attention for more than, like, five minutes. So there's a five-minute quick review. And then there's also a longer one, a nearly 20-minute one, where I get into detail on all the different parts of the uh, – of the bike. And so with that, we have a few questions. Um, most of those questions could be answered if you uh, would pay attention to the 20-minute video, but I know you can't, so there's no attention way you're going to... span is a minute and a half these days. There's no way you're going to last through this uh, hour-plus-long podcast, but we'll give it a shot anyways. Uh, let's see. Uh so cactus 73a and, and <laughs> i go off on i wish people had to use their real names on this thing like like the the guy that the, the guy that uh, thought the christini was a, a pile of shit <laughs> last time <laughs> at least i got to use his real name <laughs> so um let's you? see cactus <laughs> it wasn't mark jimmy is it possible your test bike has a bad barrow sensor a barometer sensor um, I have two buddies that are riding 2020 KTM or 2020 Husky TE TX is in Colorado right now, and neither are experiencing your issue. Have you asked your KTM rep about this? Great view. I can't wait till mine arrives. Um, okay, so what he is referring to is is on our test bike. I rode it over 2,000 feet feet in elevation change, either going up or down, and the bike starts running funny. So when and strangely, when you go up, it got rich, and when you go down, it got lean, which is the opposite of what a carburetor would do. Uh, I've inquired with KTM about it. Unfortunately, everybody is on vacation over in Austria right now, so we can't seem to get a response from the fuel injection guys. The uh, so someone said maybe it's a bad sensor. Well, I unplugged the sensor and plugged it back in, and the bike doesn't run. I mean, if you're running it and you unplug it with the throttle kind of open, it'll continue to run until you shut the throttle off, then it shuts off. So I, I'm under the impression my sensor is working properly. I'm pretty sure the bike is working properly. I just I think it only takes a reading when you start the bike. So when you go up or down in elevation, it, it doesn't compensate for it, and somehow those things happen, or it's doing something in the ECU, and uh, it hasn't been explained to me. Um, but that's what ours did. I suspect your buddies probably don't have the problem because just like when I rode my old one, the, the, uh, 2000 and I guess it was a 2018, one of the first ones I rode it like literally from 600 feet elevation all the way up to 8,000 feet. But I guarantee you, I probably stopped every, you know, 10 or 15 miles. And with that, uh, when every time you start and stop, it resets the sensor. So, uh, that's why I didn't experience it. Maybe that's why your buddies aren't um, experiencing it. I, it really isn't a problem. I mean, it's just something that I noticed. It, it's a, it's a, it's an issue, but not a problem. I don't think. Um, and if if you were, and I even thought about it, if I were racing and I knew it was a problem, I would just stall the bike, like skidding into a turn, and then hit the starter and restart it, and then it's fine, and you wouldn't you wouldn't notice it if you noticed you were going way uphill or way downhill. And trust me, two thousand feet of elevation gain is a long ways. So, uh, yeah, thanks for the, uh, the uh, question, Cactus. Uh, hopefully that works. Um, let's see. Uh, Jack Bauer said, I never heard you so focused. Really? <laughs> um, great review. Uh, thank you, Jack. That's, that's nice of you. Um, we can fix that. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll break that thing open. Um, 
Uh, I'm going to get focused. I've got a CRF 250 uh, Honda R tomorrow. We're going to ride at the track. Um, uh, I've got some uh, additional Christini stuff that I'm going to be riding. And Baja Designs thankfully sent me uh, a light that plugs into our CR450X. So me and Heather can go riding at night uh, this weekend. Right, honey? Yeah. We're going riding? Good. Okay, because her KTM already has a good Baja Designs light. And uh, plug and play. So, uh, let's see. Liberty Tree. What's a Liberty Tree? A Liberty Tree says, much evolved from my 2009 300 XCW. Excellent review information. Thank you. Um, uh, and then, uh, Perv, uh, what? <laughs> uh, where's the riding around the 10-minute mark in the video? It looks like it's probably, well, guess what? That's something else you're going to find out about me. I will never tell you where I'm riding. Um, that's half the journey. Adventure. Go figure it out. Find out for yourself. Um, explore. I like to, especially when I'm riding in really good places, which I tend to do, I like to keep those places, uh, uh, especially for the local riders that um, oftentimes show me them or uh, help them. I like to keep those places kind of private. I think more people should do that kind of stuff because um, the good places can get torn up pretty quick when everybody finds out where they are. So, um Let's see. Don't go to Mexico. It's dangerous. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Come Come and ride in Jawbone, Jawbone Canyon, California. Jawbone has the best riding in the whole world. Jawbone Canyon. <laughs> That's it. Um, somebody says, uh, mono audio, but a great review. I'm, I'm not an audio engineer. <laughs> Sorry about that. You should see the board he's got here. You'd think I'd, like it. You'd think I'd know better. I just, I, you know how you buy expensive tools and people think you know how to work on your bike that way? I got tons of that. Yeah. That's most of the shop. <laughs> it's all the front. Okay. I got it. Um, you'd think I'd know better about that audio thing. I remember looking at it going, hey, only one of those bars is bouncing around while I was putting that video together. But it's it was a two-stroke review, and here's really what I was thinking. Is since like it's two-stroke, you only get half the audio because if it was a four-stroke, you'd get all the audio, right? Yeah. Good Suck, excuse. Suck, squeeze, pop, blow. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, Great review. As Am usual, lots that? of information, useful insights, along with real-world feedback, says MX Engineer number one. Properly jetted carburetors, especially Keens on the latest KTM and Husky models, are simple yet amazingly effective devices. You still put a jetting tool on your new TPI bike. I know TPI is different, but in your opinion, is it really better than a carburetor? Yes, 100% better than a carburetor. Uh, um, it's just, it's the same way I always tell people, go ride a carbureted four-stroke. And if you've been riding a, a fuel-injected one, go ride a carbureted one and then tell me if you think it's it's better. You'll stay with it. You, you just, the, you, the, the throttle response, and it's, it's kind of like learned because anytime, you know, carbureted, like I said, it's a very simple, efficient device. But when you turn a carburetor, it takes a second for it to figure out what you've done. Mm -hmm. And fuel injection knows instantly what you've done and it puts the right amount of fuel in here and this is something i'm going to kind of roll back into on the on the tpi again in a second but when when there's that lag and and some people perceive that lag as being a snappy power or a hit or a, a, a you know a bang and especially on the two-stroke because that's they used to be known for being like aggressive and then they got smoother and then people said i want more aggression and then now we've gone to fuel injection which is smoother and if you want more power and this is my uh my favorite tip to all you guys you want more power turn the throttle farther it's really simple it's free most of the time if your bike doesn't loop out 
Um, but you just turn the throttle farther. But if you want more snap, turn it faster, quicker. And that works. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, and, and there's, there's, you know, I'm sure people have dyno charts and we'll talk about dyno. Are we going to talk about dynos and how you like the rear end of a motorcycle? <laughs> I like the rear end of a motorcycle. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, I'm sure there's dyno charts that, that show carburetors being able to get, you know, more power. And especially in the early days of four strokes, everybody was like, the carburetors made more power. The carburetors made more power. And there was certain places in the dyno and especially way up on top where they were making more power. But now look at how much power they're making because they've now they've tuned the entire motors to work with the fuel injection and two stroke. It's still relatively new. We're three years into KTM, uh, doing the TPI stuff. So uh, we were talking about it, and one of the things is, like, it, it has a lean feeling. The, the, new, the new fuel-injected two-strokes always feel lean. And in reality, the four-strokes do, too, kind of compared to a carbureted bike. Wouldn't you say so? Well, I mean, on smaller bikes? Because uh, it depends on what, I mean, like some of the bigger bikes, they have closed loop, which is all the EPA stuff. Yeah. That is lean. It, it is lean. For sure yeah. it's lean. But even when, you ta- even when you take them off compared to if you had, if you, Let's just say a, a, a KTM 950 and 990, which are that'd probably be something in our wheelhouse that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a properly carbureted 950 that's jetted about as perfect as you can get, and then you get a, a nicely tuned 990, the 990 will always feel leaner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just. It's. I think it's just the sensation of, you know, fuel injection. It's just. But by it, lean, do you mean crisp? Yeah. Like, yeah. Crisp or just. Um, well, just if you, the, the only, I guess really the only, it's because the only way to explain it is if you had a, if you have a carburetor and you just richen it up, you know, the, the, it's a, there's a rich sensation and then, you know, you could lean it out and you get that mm-hmm. lean sensation where it's, it's a little fluttery, you know, maybe it isn't as, as, um, I, I, it's a, it's a feeling, you know, it's, 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 it's confusing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, with a carburetor, I mean, you're basically getting as close as you can with the jets to match the engine and it's pulling in what it wants. And that may vary depending on what you're doing with the throttle. Whereas a fuel injection, it's delivering fuel based on mostly throttle and RPM. Yeah. You know, so you have that 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 pre-programmed amount of fuel that's going in. So it kind of changes the feel of the delivery. It does a different thing. It just it's it, you're it right. It's hard it, to describe. It, it, it doesn't have that. It like so when you turn the when you turn the throttle, and that's why on four strokes you need a pump. You know, you need a pump or carburetor mm-hmm. because when you turn the throttle. That suction is not enough to draw enough gas there's in the that motor. Moment where there's there's enough, that moment yeah. where there's not enough there. Even with the pumper, there's still that that mm-hmm. that little bit of lag. There's that little bit of delay, and and so with the fuel injection, they they build that into the mapping. They know if the throttle changes from twenty percent to sixty yeah. percent, it's got to dump this much additional fuel in, as opposed to if you just rolled it on slowly. You know, mm-hmm. it would be able to. It wouldn't have to dump the massive amounts of additional fuel in and that's why you know some people get better fuel economy when they're riding bikes because they're smooth with the wrist they're not they're not snapping it because if you're snapping it, it's dumping mm-hmm. you know dumping fuel into the motor but so on the two-stroke it's really noticeable that the bike is just lean compared to the way we would jet a bike you know we call it safely especially a you know a bike that you're going to be racing at higher speeds or higher rpms and one of the reasons is is on two-strokes you know the bike's typically seized. You know when you're you're under a big load, and then you got off the throttle. Yeah, and just and then, starve it, and, and it just it would starve it, or or actually at that point, um, it it kind of shuts the fuel down, but the motor's still hot and it can still suck a certain amount of air. But right when you came back on, 
was when they would always kind of lock back up mm -hmm. because all of a sudden you've opened that throttle up, a bunch of air goes in there, there's not much gas, and it takes a second for that gas, and then it gets really hot for a second, and then it was already, it was already starting to melt, mm -hmm. and now it melts. You know, but the thing was with the, 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 uh, the TPI bike is you're on the gas and you shut it down, it can still pump the right amount of gas in there. It doesn't require the suction, you know, the kind of the suction to, to draw that gas out of a carburetor bullet, still squirting it in there manually so they can they can run it you don't need that like we'll call it residual gas or extra richness to kind of keep the motor keep the motor cool and the other thing you notice is even just on regular deceleration two strokes typically go ding 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 mm -hmm. you know when they when they i haven't ridden one of these bikes yet. yeah these bikes don't do that i mean they do it very little you can change the idle adjust mm -hmm. and make it do that but compared to a we'll call it a properly jetted two stroke that, that has a lot of that um bang that deceleration bang these don't these don't have that. So, um, now, let me, while you're on this subject, let me ask you real quick. What about, like, I don't know if it matters that so much on two strokes, but what about the fuel mileage on FI bikes is so much better than carburetors? And what about the two strokes? It's it's uh, it's better. Uh, I don't want to say it's hugely better, but what I was told is actually the the biggest savings is from the fuel not spilling out of the overflows. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you, you remember yeah, how you, that in Baja. Yeah, 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 all the all the gas spilling out of the overflows. Well, so they, remember when they had the the fuel foam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put that in there, and all of a sudden you got better gas mileage. It's like, well, it's just less of sloshing out that hose. Yeah, well, that's 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 the hose coming out of the top of the gas can, yeah. tank. But also, this is the this is the stuff that used to come out of the bottom of the bowl. All those hoses, remember the carburetor had twenty hoses, mm -hmm. you know, coming out of it. They, there's none of that. You don't have that loss. But I I think oh. overall it's it's jetted. You know, it's it's quote jetted a little bit leaner, um, and so it is. You know, just by by that nature, a little bit um, uh, more fuel efficient. And um, I think that's the that's the way it is. I put the JD jetting tool on that KTM mostly um, to experiment and play with it because I have experience with them on the four strokes. Um, it's a lot. It's very similar to the to the uh, DynoJet Power Commander stuff that you run a lot on on your bikes here. Um, it's it's a very simple way that just with pushing a button I can alter the fueling in different RPM zones. And if you need to know more about it, there's a video up in Dirt Bike Test that explains how they work and what they do. Um, but I just did it to play with it and experiment with it because I hadn't done that before. Because before I start talking about something, I actually like to test it or to use it as opposed to read the press release and use it for 10 minutes and come and tell you. You know, So it, it, the bike stock does not need it. I mean, if you're just going to leave it stock like most of the bikes, if you just leave them alone. But when you start changing things, and I was going to – I intended to play with the power valve, and I was thinking about you know trying to spark a restaurant with other stuff. I just didn't have that time to do that. But if I was going to do that, I was going to need to probably alter – uh, the settings and then i also wanted to feel what it felt like to make that bike richer and leaner and you know change the 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 transients you know when you turn the throttle mm -hmm. i wanted to uh, try all that stuff so that's mostly why i put it on there and i was uh it's just like anything you can tune it you can customize it to the way you want the bike to work um there that's what i like most about fuel injection yeah is you've got absolute control over everything yeah there's there's so much more you can do yeah and and so that that's that's why it's on there and if you ever plan to change something you know people say we get a lot of questions like that can i just you know punch the screen out of my muffler can i you know can i just cut the screen out of the air intake um you know on the on the lean bikes and stuff and you know this and you, you just you just put one of your air filters on top of a ktm it gets lean mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. yeah you want you want to you want to you know play around with the with the fueling it's mm -hmm. just the the way that it the way that it works so um, yeah, hopefully that answers your uh, your question there. Um, but uh, I think the fuel injection is way better in the carburetor, even in these early stages. 
it's uh, it's better, and I'm sure it's only going to get uh, better as they play with it. So especially when I find out why that jetting changes in the way that it does when it goes up and down in altitude. Before we get any further, yep. we can take votes on this thing, right? Votes? We need to, oh. we need to, I need a vote on which one we're going to open. We got 1942, which is good. We got this one, which one of my employees, he tra- he's got a girlfriend in Guadalajara. Yeah. He likes the Mexican girls too. Uh huh. I obviously <laughs> do. And he, I gave him 100 bucks. I said, bring me back some. I think he got stung by the touristy people. Uh-huh. I think this is garbage. Okay. He's, he, he paid 100 bucks a month. No, we're going. I, 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 I want to go with the garbage. I'd like to try the garbage. And it if, it, might, if, it, if it, it might be really good. If it, if it is garbage, I'll buy it off you and I'll take it back to Prump and I'll get it certified. I'll, I'll have a taste <laughs> okay. of it. Okay, so we got 1942 and we got the Guadalajara. I think we're open. I, I have had the, 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 the uh, 1942 before, I'm sure of it. I'm sure if Janie's on here, she can um, check my list. Where am uh, I looking at, for at answers Ramiro's, on this thing? Ramiro's bar answers. Um, Tim Gomi joined. People, What's up, Tim Gomi? People start um, chiming in here. You just kind of scroll up and down on the thing there. Are they at the bottom or the top? Um, I'm a rookie at this. Sorry, yeah, guys. Yeah, I, I always forget. He uh, didn't prep me at all. He just threw me in the yeah he's in the hot seat. Like, sit down and just talk or listen to me talk, which is <laughs> I don't really have much of a choice. Well, don't worry. You're going to get all the comments. They're going to be, Jimmy, shut up and let your guests talk. And I'm like, no, it's my show. <laughs> he should get his own show. <laughs> Jimmy, are you racing V2R? He, he did want to race it on my 790 back here. but I, I had this crazy idea Friday at about noon. And uh, I, I said, I'll take a stock KTM 790 and ride um, Vegas Torino. And I kind of started poking around and reaching out. And then at about five, 5 o'clock at Friday, it really didn't come together because that's how much I plan this kind of stuff. And so, no, I'm not. Although Chris did... I think he sort of was. You thought about it. Yeah, he's got his I 790. About it. I'm like, huh. Yep. I know you, you, know, you wouldn't crash it. That I do know. No, I'll just cruise on it. I just, I just yeah. wanted to. It was, it was an idea where, where we were going to take a, the, the, the R and then also the standard one. And Heather was going to, and I, I think I explained it to her. Maybe it's probably the second time or maybe it's the first time she's heard this. She was going to ride up, uh, up from, from Pahrump to Reno, and I was going to be doing the race on the race course. She'd ride up on the road. And then uh, we would ride back down all off-road, just kind of the fun ways. And it was just going to be like, a, we we're going to try to shoot it like the Tour of Idaho story. I thought it would be a good story. But it also requires a pretty good filming budget, and um, that didn't come around. So uh, now I'm going to go to the lake and ride a watercraft around because that's uh, – and then go riding at night. So that's what I like doing. Uh, okay, so we fixed that one. Oh, I got another one here. PBR in that keg. No, it's Pacifico. <laughs> Josh Shapiro asked, uh, just picked up a TE-150i this weekend for the kid to race in works, National Hare and Hound, and some others. It had a lean bog cutout, high sustained RPM. Did you notice anything when you ran it? Um, I raced one of these at the works race up in uh, Washington also. Uh, it seems like this is an issue on some TPIs. Now, Josh, I, you're going to love me for answering this question uh, because it's, um, I had no such uh, experience. And I, and I talked to three or four of the other journalists that raced the bike, and nobody um, had any issues like that. But I will tell you that, like I'm talking about fuel injection all the time, the throttle is way more sensitive. It's, it's very sensitive to what you're doing. So I'm going to go with I bet you that whoever is riding it when it's cutting out, their wrist is getting bounced around. And so you think you're wide open and maybe it gets bounced to like, you know, 20 or 30% less throttle and back on and off and on and off. And that is where your cutout is coming from. Uh, the bike is just responding to what's happening to the wrist. So um, may I suggest a riding lesson? 
Ooh. <laughs> Whoa. Harsh. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just telling you. I've seen it before. It's, it's the, Are we the, supposed the, to remind you when you're being a dick? Yeah, write down. A th- it, I'm gonna no. gotta apologize for Josh for that What's later. This guy's name, <laughs> Josh. Yeah. Josh. Um, no, it's it's a lot. I, I promise you that 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 those throttles are so responsive. A carburetor wouldn't respond as quick, and and uh, and since if the wrist is moving, it may feel like a cutout sensation. The other thing it could be is it could have some loose wires in there. There could be a wire that's getting smashed, grounded out, uh, things like that. But I don't think there's anything inherently in the in the TPI system that would cause the bike to to uh cut out but um like i said i have seen i have seen riders uh that are kind of basically what happens is they're out of balance and they get bounced around and they try to hang on to the handlebars to solve their problem and they turn the throttle in ways that they shouldn't so don't ask me how i know uh <laughs> my wife so, just joined look at yes. that thanks babe hopefully they don't cut the they, this is good internet it's not like romero's in the old day when the feed would just drop and stuff we got, um, we, we got good Wi-Fi here. Yeah, I was pretty impressed. We ran a speed test before I did this. I've learned a couple of things in my uh, in my short uh, podcasting, uh, live podcasting career at this point. Yeah, I got a question for us now. Can I jump oh, in here? Yes. All right. At any time. Okay. That's why you're the guest host. Chuck Fall, F-A-U-L. Uh-huh. Chuck. He says, how far along has Rottweiler gotten on the 790 performance ads? I'm thinking about exhaust purely for the sound. Um <laughs> Yeah. Um, right. You might as well write Chuck down. I'm going to have to apologize him for a uh, minute, too. <laughs> here we go, Chuck. Sorry. Chuck. Hey, he's... He, 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 got it. Yeah. Um, I, I'll tell you what. He's working on it. I know he's working on it. Uh, well, the exhaust, a lot of the aftermarket are, are catching up. They're still catching up. Um, that bike, I think, was released around the world around the same time. Like, the Duke hit uh, Europe a lot earlier than the, the U.S., so the European aftermarket companies like Arrow and, and whoever else, they, they had to jump on it. The adventure kind of hit at the same time, I think. Maybe you're up a little bit sooner. So they're just catching up. Um, we do have a huge shipment of Arrow, which is very popular, uh, coming in where they've got uh, mufflers and some cat deletes. Uh, the, uh, that bike, it's, it can get a little bit loud. It sounds great, but it's, 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 it's going to be, you know, be responsible. But the Arrow, the Arrow stuff's usually pretty good, yeah? It is. It's, yeah, it's, it's it quieter is. than some of the other stuff. Yeah, they've got, like, you know, the decat with the little kind of muffler resonator in Pre, there. And yeah, I've got pre-muffler. that on the Duke back here. And it, it sounds awesome, but it's, you know, for if you're riding in areas where there's forest, I, I might just keep the cat in there and then just do the muffler. Um, you know, it, where, you know, sound might be an issue. You have, you, want... have you ridden any systems on your 790 yet? No. No, okay. No, we haven't done that yet. But as a lot of people are asking us about the mapping on the 790. Now, here's the deal. Uh... The new 790s, both the Duke and the Adventure, are uh, Bosch systems. And the Bosch are incredibly difficult to deal with. The keyhins are easy. Everything else is keyhin. It's easy to put a piggyback on there or reprogram them. Um, the Bosch systems are programmed with algorithms to where uh, if you start messing with them, um, they get unhappy. Um, and they're, if you're talking to tuners, the guys who can actually get inside these things, which we're working with. Yep. Um, to get them kind of straightened out and ride better because they're extremely lean. Uh, the closed loop is huge on that bike, which is, means it's lean for a large portion of the map. Which um, they get good ma- gas mileage, but they just they don't they don't make as much power as they should. Um, the well, Bosch's that, that bike. That bike. I mean, I'm I I'm really impressed with how much power they got out of that thing. Yeah, at, we'll, at, and we'll at get an, more at an 800. Yeah, I mean, at yeah. an 800, it feels like it's putting out pretty similar power to you know my nine nine fifty. It's sim- well. Interestingly enough, we dyno Sim- both. S- similar at a it's similar power, but it takes a higher RPM to get that. 
Yeah, it's a little bit steeper. Yeah. Whereas like the the nine like a nine ninety we dynoded my nine ninety which is which is highly modified yes and that's got a, just a long gradual and it just keeps building and it's that kind of inline twin and it basically that one would go up to about ninety five horsepower rear wheel okay, okay fixed up stock I think they were somewhere around eighty five eighty sounds something right something like that um, the seven ninety is a little quicker revving a lot of guys are complaining about flame outs things like that it does take a little bit of work on the clutch we do have a Magura uh, hydraulic clutch that we're testing here we also have a CRG uh, cable clutch that is that where you can actually play with the ratio of how it lets out I think the, in my opinion the, the clutch lets out a little quick on that bike uh, uh, you know you can compensate for that if you're a good rider you can but this this way you can slow it down yeah. a little bit which is good um, but um, that one ramps up a little bit quicker. Now, the thing, what's interesting about the 790 Adventure is it's got a different throttle body, a different cam, and different length velocity stacks than the Duke, the 790 Duke. So the Duke keeps climbing to 95 horsepower uh, stock, and then basically that's, it signs off at a higher RPM. The Adventure, with a different cam, smaller velocity stacks, uh, longer velocity stacks, smaller and longer, which would make More sense torque, on a bike yeah. like that. Um, uh, it actually basically signs off at 82 horsepower stock, and that's it. Basically, at around 8,000, it just goes flat. So the Duke has but it's roughly... But still, it still revs out to 95, It, it does, yeah, but yeah. it just kind of signs off and actually starts heading downhill, which yeah. is really interesting. So the, the 790 keeps climbing, keeps climbing, and it, and it basically peaks out right about where it signs off, where the 790 Adventure kind of, kind of peaks out about 82 and then starts going downhill, then signs off. So there's huge. There's literally a 13 horsepower rear wheel difference between those two models, just between a cam and a throttle body, which is really interesting to me. Uh, so we're interested to see what we can do when we when we remap them and do that. But the problem is these Bosch systems are really tough to crack, and anybody you talk to, they're like, "Yeah, we want to do it, but it's like <sighs> you, you can be messing up more than you." <laughs> no, it's not that. It's just. There, the there's a get it right. lot of zeros and ones in there that they have to deal with. You know, they, it's foreign mm. to them, and and they've kind of they're they're you know they're kind of Nazi. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> it's a German product. Yeah. <laughs> I would use a different word. Well, maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I, I so so here, here's what Jimmy says is like it's like when do you need how many eighty eighty seven horse eighty eighty seven horsepower eighty two when do you need that off road. <laughs> what tire do you use that gets 82 horsepower's worth well, of traction? Well, the, these bikes aren't purely – I mean, what's the ratio of these? They're actually used off-road. They're probably 70% if you were to yeah. able I, to track I, it. I ride, I, ride, I ride mine on the street and everything like that, and any time I'm using 82 horsepower's on the street, I'm going to get a ticket. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Rottweiler, you need to, you need, you need Jimmy. to, you need to make a special throttle. <laughs> <laughs> it just says the grip. It just says turn me farther, <laughs> and then then to sell it for a lot. No, I'm, I'm no. I I, I, got, I I got stuff that'll tell me what I'm doing with my get, throttle. It, well, what's what's cool is that, and, and Chris is what, what he's alluding to is they do take time to, to develop this stuff. That's why it's not just shoving it out. And it's like oh hey, I got a pipe and this is better. You, in reality, if you want it to work good, you've got to have a whole system that really to make a because KTM spends a lot of time making that bike very, very rideable. Mm -hmm. And they also have to struggle with, you know, meeting all the emissions requirements and the stuff that, that goes along with that missions and, that. and sound. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so there's a lot of constraints there, but you know, if you just throw a pipe on it, you, you may get like a little bit more power here or maybe even way more power there or something like that. But then the, I don't think you have the same drivability and, and, and throttle control and rideability. And I think in, 
when you start developing this stuff and you have to say, what am I really using it for? If you're going to be overtaking semi-trucks on the highway, yeah, give me all that power. I want it. Um, but just having something that's, you know, really broad and rideable and, and you know, I, I could see where you get, if you're getting a little bit more torque out of kind of like the kind of like the mid, the bottom mid on that bike. Well, here's what happens when people like as far as making power on these bikes, it basically starts with the beginning, middle and end beginning being the intake, middle being the mapping, the end being the exhaust. And it, you also make power in that same uh, in that same direction. Basically, exhaust, most people, I tell people, I do exhaust for sound, for looks, for, um, for lightweight, for sure. Yeah. Um, weight do it for power last because mufflers don't really accomplish a whole lot. They will dump a lot of weight, and that's valuable. There yeah. is, there is, there is a, there's a viable and you can redu- And you can reduce some heat buildup, too, inside the motor. Reduce some heat build. A lot of guys on the, you know, 11 uh, or the uh, 1090s through 1290 Adventures, they complain about the massive amount of heat coming down there. Yep. So they want to get rid of the cat, so they go with an aero catless header, that sort of thing. The good news about that bike is it runs such a large muffler, they don't really get that much louder. Yeah. Um, but when you take a cat out on certain bikes, and there's a comment on here that says something about, you know, you know, about loud bikes, and I agree with them completely. Yeah. I agree with them completely. Don't. There are certain places where it's okay, and you can do that, and this sort of thing. And there are certain places where you should. I we encourage responsibility. Don't go out there. It's like there's all these these laws, these sound laws. I mean, Huntington Beach is gnarly on motorcycles, mainly because of Harleys. These guys go by and they sound like firecrackers. Yeah. So we, you know, we we don't really encourage that. We don't say go go and out and do all this stuff. But as far as but it's in in, a, in reality, a four stroke is literally pumping the exhaust out of the. Mm-hmm. You know, you can free the pump up a little bit, but at the same time, it's not. And and you know, I think I think most guys, in all honesty, do it for the looks. You know, that's lightweight, the, the, lightweight, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the weight handling I mean, on the adventure bikes is kind of hard to feel the weight. I mean, when I was doing the delete exhaust off the side of my uh, my nine fifty was a big deal. I mean, seventeen pounds to lose on that if you go yeah. to a single side out. Yeah, it's huge and yeah. it's up high and back. Back, yeah. That's I mean, that's, that's a lot of gear I could put on the bike, which I probably did. I had <laughs> extra stuff on the side, but. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, but to, to, to get a good tuned package is, is I think paramount. And I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people just bolt, you know, they bolt stuff on and, and it's difficult to be able to test all that stuff. And that's kind of why companies like you guys exist and hopefully sell that, um, stuff when it's all, you know, tuned up. And I, I actually, for one, I would love to ride a, a little bit boosted up 790 for sure. Um, I like, I like that bike. John Beck says, Chris, you need to put yourself on the apology list for Jimmy's throttle comment. <laughs> <All right. laughs> what, why did, what did, what did he do? I, I would, was I being mean again? <laughs> no, I think that was the Josh. Oh, the, yeah. Poor Josh. Yeah. Sorry, Josh. No worries. Um, so. Which one of these are we opening? Are we doing this one? I, do we get comments on that? Well, let's take a, you write. guys are going to help drink it, right? There, Everybody, yeah, for sure. Oh man. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna open. It, blame it on Jimmy. We're gonna open the cheap stuff. Or is it? It wasn't cheap, was it? This was a hundred bucks. Oh, let's see. I think it got taken. We'll see. I don't know. You never know. That Loma Azul, you bought it because it was cheap, and it turned out to be really good. So, um, okay, uh, a couple other questions I have on my sheet beforehand. Uh, uh, I got a question. Um, about your wife's all of the first to step up for this tequila. Yeah, you rode your bicycle down here, yeah. Good. Um, no, it's because she's spending the night with you tonight. <laughs> That's uh, why. Uh, give yourself a check mark on the list okay. <laughs> for apologies. <laughs> um, uh, and a lot of the a lot of the motocross bikes that we we're testing um, 
uh, recently have different levels of traction control. I know Honda just came out with their uh, 450. We just did an impression on it on the te- site, and there's uh, a lot of traction control stuff going on. Um, KTM's had it for a few years, uh, and everybody kind of asks, like, what what is this traction control stuff? And we can even talk about it on 790 because that one's actually probably That's excellent. one of the best traction control systems that I've used because it is so tunable. Actually, it's on 1290, same same system or, or no, similar? No, it's not. They similar. have twelve ninety doesn't have the rally modes like this. Has. Okay, so it doesn't have the, doesn't have the tunability, tunability of all that all those levels. But anyways, so it's it's on these they have sensors on the wheels because there's a lot of stuff going on, on on adventure bikes. But on the motocross bikes, there's really no sensors other than the traction control is the it's the ECU realizing that the rate of RPM in the engine is increasing at a rate that's faster than what would be you know good traction like it notices that hey the wheels uh, you know it's moving all of a sudden it starts moving quicker you well, know and and by the wheel i mean the countershaft sprocket it just it knows what gear it's in and it knows that at that gear it shouldn't spin up this fast and because it's all connected there's no wheel sensor there's not a sensor on the counter. it's it's just rate of rpm increase goes up and then they do something uh generally in the fueling on the on the motocross bikes on the adventure bikes, they actually play with the butterfly valves. They'll actually, you know, the, well, it's, it's all flyby wire. It's so flyby wire, so, con- so they can do it. So this traction control stuff is is definitely evolving in the in the motocross world as well, and um, and it really depends. Now, are those bikes flyby wire? No, nope, nope. No, they're still cable. So, so are they doing it through the ignition? It's either they're not cutting the ignition. They're 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 reducing the fueling, or they're doing stuff with the fueling and the ignition timing so that it doesn't doesn't rev up. And it's like. Everybody's getting into it here. I got to have a sip of this stuff here. It's not bad. Yep. Anybody? Now yeah, they're stepping up now. Hmm. This is going to. Well, they expensive. they wanted they wanted it. if you turn around and spit, that's that's when they <laughs> they were going to let it go. Here we go. We got Lance back here. Just Come on. Don't hit me in the head with that thing. Um, so, anyways, the, the 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 traction control is is especially on like hard pack tracks and stuff. It's just a way for the bikes to. Um, you, gotta come back you know, not rev up so quick because they do make so much power. And then, and um, you know, the KTM and the Husky have two different modes of it, and I think the Honda now has three different modes. It's just a, it's just an ignition. Um, be careful where you snap that thing next; you're gonna blow my ear out. Oh, sorry, dude. That thing, yeah. Um, the uh, so, yeah, traction control. It's kind of a. It's I think when they go to fly by wire, and it that's when it gets really good. Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden, instead of it, you know, you can kind of keep the power, and and it figures out, hey, the wheel's spinning, so I'm just going to back the throttle off a little bit, which is ideally what a really good rider kind of does, um, and they they can kind of do that in the throttle as opposed to kind of monkeying with the with the fuel and ignition, which it's weird because it, as a rider, sometimes you actually want the bike to spin up, and this is the problem I have with the current f- traction control on the motocross bikes. I'll do something where I want the bike to spin up because I'm looking at the ground. I know, hey, it's going to spin up here, but then it's going to low. You know, there's good traction just a little bit farther, and then it will pull. You know, it'll it'll pull, but the bike's actually kind of tuning the power down, and I want more power because I know it's going to hook up on something. So it kind of counteracts maybe what I'm doing, where the 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 flyby wire stuff. When you do that, you keep bending into the throttle, and it. Like, it'll it'll it, feed it in as it see it'll, fits. It, it, yeah, it'll with a it, lot of algorithms. Happening. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff going on. So, um, well, anyways, this bike right here, the one when you and I when we tested the 790s, 
Yes. I went out to uh, Murrieta. Correct. There was a section where there was like silt, then sand, and then cross ruts, and I could see them all in a row, and I just hammered the thing and yeah. just held it wide open. And the, I, it, I, it actually accelerated harder than I could have done with my wrist, using my wrist without traction control at all. I mean, it just, all of a sudden, it just hooked up. And it, and it went really, really well. I mean, it, it surprised the hell out of me. What, do you, do you, like, what number was it in? So there's, there's one to nine, correct? Yeah, it was, there's one to nine. So the, the way you can remember what it is is, like, if you're a number one rider, number one is, like, the, most, the closest to MTC off. Okay. Okay, so number nine is, is like the most a, aggressive. Is the least aggressive. It's the most uh, aggressive addition of traction yes. control. The traction yeah. controller will do the most in level nine, yeah. the least in level you one. You could literally come right. around a corner on a, on a hard-packed, marbly road and, and just smack it wide open, totally irresponsibly, and it just goes, hurt, and then that's it. It yeah. just reels it back in instantly, and it was really and it, impressive. And, and so in one, it'll let you slide quite a bit. A little bit longer, yeah. yeah it, and, it gets more aggressive with the acceleration. Yeah, it waits a little bit. Longer. And then in and then in, in nine, it won't. It barely even steps out. Yeah, number nine. I think it's like when there's just a little bit of difference between the ABS rings. Yeah. Even the slightest amount, it reels it back in. Whereas like number one allows a lot, a, a bigger disparity between right. the two. Yeah. So and it I, allows you to wheelie over I, something. I hope that I hope that motocross bikes are going to go to fly by wire and get this much better. Because I remember when the the traction control used to be rev cut on the adventure bikes. You know, the older ones where it, it you know it killed the spark, and you're just like, oh god, because it, yeah. it literally chops. It's like it's like someone on and off, on and off, on and off, and it, yeah. it's horrible. But so that's kind of where the the stuff is. I think it, it's a I think it's a little bit gimmicky in some ways, but then. If you start learning to ride with the traction control, even the kind of the, the, the newer versions of it on the motocross bikes, if you just start getting sloppy with your throttle and let it work, it actually works. It oh, really it, it does. really does. So so I, I'm kind of coming from a guy who's always had to be very careful on high-powered bikes with my wrist because it was going to get me in trouble. And now it's like maybe I'm not that high. You know, I, I'm, I'm a rider that I really want to have a 450, and I – I, I, you know, it might be a little bit too much, but I can just put it in this traction control mode and the bike will work properly. So, and you know, what's, what's great about that is it opens up the model, that model bike, it opens it up to a wider range of riders. There's a lot of guys that are maybe afraid to get on a bike like this or afraid to buy it. And when the reports come in, it's like, you know what, you know, you can be an inexperienced rider and this thing will reel it back in and it does it responsibly and does it really well. So when you, we, well. yeah, when you, when you hear about, like I said, when you hear about or listen to a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, impressions and stuff that are written by test riders that are pro level guys, you know, and, and I'm not pro anymore. I used to be, um, and I'm complaining about it. I, I always have to reel myself back in and go, Hey, wait a minute. This actually might be kind of a, a, a good thing. So that's why I do try to test everything. And you, you saw this when we went out testing, mm-hmm. I'm doing all this weird stuff. Like people, when they're riding, they're like, what are you doing that for? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm testing the bike. I'm trying to see what it does. I'm like, why do you hit those bumps? Because I, I want to see what the suspension does, or I want to see what the traction control does, or well, something. I, I was asking John, and John Beck was with us, and I'm like, I'm like, what number? You? We had the Senna's. Yeah, I'm like, what number are you in? He's like, I'm in four. What are you in? I'm, well, I'm an eight, you know. And we we kept <laughs> going back and forth, like, like comparing and contrasting what it would do, and and it was fun. It made it fun. Yeah. You know? And I think like less experienced riders can can actually be less fearful of a sandy section or a marbly section, you know, whereas, you know, some guys may not, uh, I don't know. And, and, and I'm all for anything that's going to open up motorcycles to a wider range of enthusiasts to some degree, unless they're yeah. riding on the trails you don't want them to know about. No, I mean, they, so they, they no, I want them to go find them. I'm not going to tell yeah. them where they're at. Okay. That's Fair it. Fair enough. That tequila is not bad. 
Not it's, bad. It's, I, I would give it a one happy face on my rating scale. Out of how many happy three. faces? Three is the three is the best. Okay, that's a that's a I one. I think we'll open up the Don Julio next. Okay, then then it might change the rating, but you know that's a that's a three happy face. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good. Um, okay, so I'm gonna open up uh, the questions to the to the floor here. I have a uh, you can ask us anything, uh, anything motorcycle or motorcycle product related. I like I, just anything. Oh, <laughs> I can get in trouble with, <laughs> with that. Did you find out whether um, we get questions on YouTube live yet? Oh. Um, is there is that happening? Oh, look at that! Yes, I just saw a bunch of stuff scrolling no, over on the side on the on the here. Look, oh look. God! Oh I didn't see boy! That part. Okay, Oops. we're gonna have to get that. Okay, so do we have any do we have any questions over here? Anybody? I don't know what's old and what's new. Yeah. Oh, Mike well, Brown. He, yeah. Waha. Yeah. Uh, any? I know we we we've confu- thoroughly confused everybody beyond the level of asking questions. Okay, Danny yeah. says where where the girls at. We're the girl. We need all the girls up here. We're gonna we're gonna spice this up. You, both of you. Um, what me? Yeah. Where are the girls at? The so, girls are right here. I want to. Can I introduce everyone to my lovely wife? Yes, absolutely. Can I put her on camera? Yes, everybody. She can, this, she can she can grab a microphone and say hi. This got, is my lovely wife, Mariel, right here. I met her pre-running the Baja One Thousand in Mexico, and she married me eight or nine years ago. I don't know. And she's stuck around ever since. <laughs> She stuck around, but she understands. Really she understands the motorcycle math. You know what the motorcycle math is? Uh, you know what, you know how many motorcycles a man should own? Um, as many well, shoes as I should have. There's no. that. <laughs> there's that. That's the, it. The amount of, or purses. Purses. <laughs> the amount of motorcycles a man should own is always plus one. Plus one. And she gets that math, and that's why we have. Such. <laughs> awesome. That's my well, wife, Meryl. She's the one. If you guys call in and you're like, you got questions about shipping or it's this one here, and she's awesome, awesome, awesome with people. She loves good customer service. I do. Well, thank you. Yep. And she makes mean salsa. Yes, she does. Yeah. So She doesn't on. like tequila, which is weird. More for you. So, um, okay. Yeah, that's true. So, so let's, you got other, wait, are there other questions over there? Facebook has a little lag compared to YouTube. Yeah, uh, it does. YouTube is a little bit more uh, instant, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's quicker? about a three-second lag, and Facebook is like 30 seconds. Good. I'm glad that our research specialists are out there doing that. I'm going to start rip- ripping down the... Uh, YouTube Live the... sounds great. Good. Where are the girls at? We answered that. Yep. Um, that older dude with the white hair must be thirsty. Uh, <laughs> Which one was that? I think that was Lance. <laughs> Lance Kane. He yep. keeps... Who's... Or maybe Andy. Yes, Short. question. We got a question. Uh huh. Okay. I'm going to repeat your question. Okay. Got. Okay, so let's let's. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna run through the question here. We uh, your name is Dennis. Okay, so Dennis Dennis has a Dennis has a question, and uh, oh, I I was gonna repeat it, but we'll let him repeat it because I don't think anybody heard it. So go ahead and yeah, grab that microphone. You killed it, my mic, right? I did for a second okay. when you're doing that. Okay, so I'm repeat the question. 
Okay, wait a minute. Are we? Wait a minute. Wait. That's a. Is that the right microphone? Hold on a second here. Uh, oh, turn it on. That would help. There's a switch right on top of it. Look at this. We're a professional operation here. You're gonna mix the two. Go ahead. Can we hear you? I. I can hear. You. Yes, okay. we can hear you. Okay. My question um, from a long time rider. I've been racing motorcycles for 45 years. Um, in the old days, we rode, we raced, we had people come up and say, hey, you know, I, I, could you ride my bike? It, it, it doesn't seem to run down low. You know, I got a blubber in the mid-range. You get on the bike and you're riding, and you don't feel the mid-range because we don't ride in the mid-range. Now, I'm much older, and we realize where that mid-range is. And uh, I, don't have, I don't have a bike that's... Of fuel injected, so yep. I spend a lot of time on my bikes trying to get rid of that mid-range blubber. The mid-range blubber. So, okay, what what bike are we talking about? Uh, four fifty. You should really focus on your mid-range blubber uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give yourself give yourself another check mark. <laughs> oh man! I would really like to sit down <laughs> yeah. and tell you what I think about. Okay, that. so he's talking about a four fifty X, or just or just anyway. So so three hundred so, TE Husky. Those okay. are my two bikes right now. Okay, so. Um, when you're talking about like in the old days, you didn't feel the 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 mid-range blubber, or is it because you were just riding, you know, just racing them and riding them up in the top end? We were, and yeah, we were going faster. Going faster. We're going okay, faster. you're racing it faster, and now you're starting to feel all these different jetting inconsistencies. Um, well, uh, boy, I'm I'm thinking about the two bikes. Is your is your is your husky is your husky the one with the Makuni on it? No, they're both Keens. They're both Keens, so it's a little bit older one. Um, it's, a, it's an 18. It's a night. What? It's an 18. 18. It has a Makuni on it then. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, okay, so that's a little bit of part of the problem. Um, there's, some, there's some jet kits that actually help that bike quite a bit. Um, stock. And then what are you running for oil mixture on the Husky? Um, doing what they recommend. 60 to 1? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Because people are a lot of times running like 40 to 1, and they wonder why it doesn't write. Well, that scares me. It, it, the oils are getting better. It's not like the old days. Yeah, they, you don't have to run the twenty to one caster anymore. So, um, but I, I think I think what you know, like what you're feeling is uh, you need to get a TPI bike. <laughs> just 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 go just go buy the fuel injected one. All those problems go away. Uh, and, and, and then and then you will then you will real then you will really realize how how kind of finicky the carburation can get. And then on a 450X, and a lot of times you've taken a bike that actually the Honda stock Honda 450Xs run really well, but nobody leaves them stock. We always take the little stuffer out of the, you know, the, out of the exhaust and you put an exhaust system on it and, you know, they open up the airbox, and then all of a sudden you're in this can of worms. It's like, where, what should I do with the jetting? And there's some jet kits that are very specific about what pipe to run and what, you know, what air intake or switch, switch the ignition and different things you can do. But, um, it's it's difficult to to kind of to kind of tune all that stuff and you know God help you if you have to actually change the jetting on your Honda. Have you gone into that carburetor and changed anything? Uh, yeah, my and, and so four is, hours later my after X is a full Baja race bike for the license plate. Did you have Chris do it? No. You should have him do it. No. He can make that thing good. His bike, his bike, his yeah. bike ripped, but he doesn't do Hondas no, anymore. Hondas are just oh no, no Hondas around Honda. here. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Orange and black is Harley Davidson racing colors. KTM just stole it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's fluorescent orange and black. It's not yeah. the same. <laughs> so, anyways, I think I, it, it's it's uh, boy, it, that's a that's a tough one. It just that the problem is, and if if you get a chance to ride someone's fuel injected bike, then you know how bad yours is. <laughs> <laughs> and, I get that. and and then, and I then get it's that. it's like and, but it, it like with any jetting problem it's as, it's as, it's like knowing okay where's the problem like where in the throttle okay what how is that correlated to it, what needle position is it is it a needle issue is it a are we off the pilot jet are we onto the main jet is it the nozzle it, you know there's it's it's there's a thousand questions and I'm so happy these days to push a buddy button on a tuner and quote fix fix that that. It, and I have boxes and boxes of jets because I used to do this all the time. And I have two 450Xs, and I hate them because we have to clean the carburetors on them. I've got them jetted pretty close to perfect, but it's nowhere near as good as any fuel-injected bike. So I have to say that I feel for you. And, uh, yeah. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> Did you just want me to like rattle off a 420 main jet and a MZ four? You don't know what my bike has got. Yeah, I mean you have the, no. You're and, not, you, you're, and, so and then, you couldn't and, tell me what to throw in it to make it work. Correct. And, and this be a lesson to everybody that sends in the questions and stuff when they say, "Hey, I want to make my bike run better. What do I do?" <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you could start by telling me which bike you have. <laughs> That's why I had to ask. I started going down that nope. path. And I, you gave you I, gave me a couple bikes that I'm familiar with, and then I started rattling off kind of what I thought were solutions, but um on the on the on the the Husky uh, there are some jet kits that are really that are actually really good, and then there's some complete carburetor swaps that work out um, well. I, the Makuni, good 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 uh, carburetor if you want to jet it a lot and you want to get the maximum power at a certain location and stuff. Great um, if you want a little more um, dur- uh, range and you know range in your jetting. The Kian works better, and I know some people that really like the the Electrons or the. What's what's the other what's the other carb? They there's they're kind of electron and there's another one called a smart carb or something or is that the same thing? But the, I don't I don't I'm not a fan of those. They they actually have a bigger range, but I'm not a fan of those because you tend to lose a lot of throttle or a lot of snap or throttle response, which makes it more like fuel injection, but not exactly. One other quick question. Got it. You go on YouTube and everybody talks about cutting the airbox out. Uh huh. On on the, the three hundred, not on the 400. on the huskies. On the husky. Yep. Cutting it out or opening it up? Opening it up. Opening it up. Yeah. So the Huskies typically have a slightly more restrictive airbox than the the KTM. But in in my world, like... Which is it, a sound thing, right? And, or do these bikes have to... No, it's it, it's it's a two-stroke, so it's not a it's okay. not a sound issue. So they don't but, have to. I mean, until, in, unless you're doing really snappy throttle, you know, or kind of on the gas pretty hard, you're not going to notice that that change. Okay. And and uh, so. Um, I mean, that's like kind of an inter- internet thing, you know. It's like it's just the easy thing to say. Yeah, cut the airbox. And yeah. uh, I, I actually kind of, I actually kind of prefer the Husky power delivery when I've been riding the the Husky than the very similar Husky and the very similar KTM. The the overall, I found the Huskies in two. This is both two and four strokes. I kind of liked the the way that that power delivery and. And I think it had to do with the airbox more than anything else because it's same engine, same pipes, and they always say the ECU is different, but I don't believe them. So. Well, thank you, Jimmy. Yeah, I appreciate it. No, no worries. Yeah, thanks and for... you suck, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Dennis. Uh, we had another question? Yeah, come up, step, step, grab, grab, the, grab the microphone. So you're going to see that I do this without referring to any reference manuals. Um, I'm trying to do this. Okay, state your name and state your case. <laughs> hey, guys. Oh, Lance Kane here. Uh, glad to be here. 
Yeah, Glad thanks you for coming guys by. Got together on this. Um, so here's a good question, or in my mind, it's a good question. Thirteen uh, nine ninety Baja edition Rottweiler intake, throttle tamer, all the good stuff. Put a lot of Baja miles on that bike, uh, mostly dirt. So this is a Give, K, this is a KTM nine ninety, the yeah, white one. Baja, yeah. yeah the that was the best one. Yeah. The best so one. I had ever. it all done up. Yep. Good suspension. I'm two twenty. I'm six foot three, so a bigger rider. Uh, I like the bike. Heavy bike compared to a, a lot of other Baja bikes that I've spent time on. So give me a comparison to this new 790. No comparison. So just talk to me a little bit because I got yeah, no, I'll bike. tell you, man. I, I've been like the Charlton Hessen of like, you can't pry that 990 from my cold, dead hands for a long time. Yeah. This is honestly, and I, and I mean this honestly, this is honestly the first bike that's actually broached like the idea of possibly even selling my 990. And I'm I, not I, even I, remotely kidding. I, t- I tend to agree with them. Um, the I, I I'm going to kind of get a little more detailed and stuff. The thing you're going to I think the thing you're going to biggest change between the two bikes is like kind of the ergonomics and the size, the feeling of the bike. This bike to me feels eh, forty to fifty pounds lighter. It's exactly what it is. We oh, really? soaking soaking wet, bone stock soaking wet with full of fuel. The 790 is 470 pounds. Yep. The 990. Your bike, with everything on it, was closer to 540. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's so, 70 pounds. So it definitely feels like that, um, which I, w- I, would, I would say if they were actually the same weight on the scale, it wouldn't surprise me that they were the same weight. But that, So it feels 70 pounds. Feel lighter. a lot lighter. And I think the, the, seven, the 790 is a little more of a compacter, tighter chassis. It's not as kind of – you're not going to feel like it's as roomy. And in the beginning, it might, it might bug you, but – um, it, it's still, I, I bet you when you measure it out, it's not as much as it seems. I think it's more of a visual thing on the, on the, you know, the way that the, the bikes are shaped, but, uh, and I feel, well, I have to take this back cause I always put taller seats on my adventure bikes, even at someone that's five ten barely. Um, and, and I feel on my, on my nine fifty, I have a really tall seat and I felt very cramped on the, uh, on the uh, 790, you know, because I felt like, I, especially on the standard one, I felt like I was sitting on the pocket. So I feel like if I could just get a slightly taller seat, but I, you know, I stand up on them so much, it doesn't make a big difference. But when I go to sit down, I don't want to fold myself up. And at your size, you're going to fold up pretty good on that 790. Well, we, we, you did that, we did that live podcast before from out in that canyon. Yep. And he had mentioned that on, you know, you, you come into like certain G outs off road and on, you know, the big bikes, you check up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned, you, you said, you know, on the 790, I don't feel like I, I checked up as much. Like, you, 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 you kind of, yeah, it instills a bit of confidence. The suspension really works good. I mean, it's, it's, what, it's, it's, what, it's what 15 years of development does. It's, it's just that the, the bike is that much better. I know a lot of people miss the, the, the 950, 990 platform. And I was kind of one of the ones that really liked it when the 1190 came out. I, I now I really like my 1090. And I think it was mostly because I've been able to get back on a PDS shock, which made a big difference, you know, cause on my, on my 950, I have a PDS shock on it and it makes a big difference compared to the stock one. So, um, yeah, uh, you just, uh, just go to the local KTM dealer and just put a bunny down. Yeah. Come ride my money, pay full retail. <laughs> you know, my biggest so my biggest problem has always been ergonomics because I'm a taller rider. Yep. Those bikes aren't set up for somebody six foot or over. So you've got to invest in if you're heavier suspension, if you're taller, you gotta 
put a triple on it. Not necessarily. I, I, everybody, everybody wants to go to bar risers, so and, and to I've been, I've been for a long time. I've been the, especially like on a lot of, a lot of times on the, the adventure rider crowd. I always say you're drinking the high bar Kool Aid. You want to go to these high bars. And in reality, rocks risers, baby. Rocks the, risers. I have them on a couple of my bikes, and they're great. But I'm, it's, it's you want to position it, not the 17 inch tall ones. You know that bring up here, but you're, you're. It depends on how your body's designed, you know, whether you have a tall torso or tall legs or how, you know, where you bend and where you pivot. And it's, it's kind of, it is a personal thing. Um, I, I would always, I always telling people, Hey, look at lowering the foot pegs is the first, is the first way to get yourself kind of in position. Cause then you don't have to rise the seat up so much. And then, but people tend to get bars that start pushing them backwards on the motorcycle, you know, not, not up, but back. But if you think about it, when you're riding, you know, you're actually kind of folding forward and, and, and. And but when you're stationary, you're not doing what you're doing when you're riding. You're not leaning forward. So before you kind of go down that um, train, I would you know spend a little time, you know, riding the bike. And while you're riding about it, thinking thinking like, where do I really want these handlebars? Like you know, can am I am I stretching in a certain direction to reach them? You know, and and when you're riding is important. When you put it on a center stand and the guy says, oh look, your arms are too short. Yeah. <laughs> my arms are too short too. Well, so. I mean, I can use this to plug a product, and that's like the BRP stabilizer mounts. Now, BRP, they usually when they fit a stabilizer underneath, they push the bars up an inch and forward an inch, so it's going to give you a little bit more room. Uh, I don't know if it's forward an inch, but it's forward. You know, I mean, what do you? It's, I mean, it's up three quarters. I think on the BRP, I don't know about. They're the usually set. around twenty-four millimeters. Yeah, it's up, up up a little bit, and then and then I don't I don't know how far forward they. I don't know the exact forward. dimensions. It's a 20, little bit twenty but, millimeters or so. Yeah. And, and a lot of times just doing that in order to get a steering stabilizer. I've never met a bike that didn't like a steering stabilizer, by the way, um, especially one that can be adjusted properly. Uh, you know, th- there's, there's all kinds of, you know, things that you're going to get the bars in the right spot. But uh, just avoid going for super tall handlebar risers. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've always – maybe it's my mentality as an older Make it, rider. But... Write that down. I apologize to all the handlebar manufacturers, tall, taller bar risers. <laughs> Rocks. Yeah, but 20 years of riding Baja and being tall, I've always gone right to the BRPs. I mean, you can do like IMS pegs. It's been a standard for me. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's different concepts now and lowering pegs and things like that. But (laughs) maybe on my 790, I'll I'll take a new vision. Thanks, guys. Come ride mine. Yeah, ride ride Chris's. I was going to ride it. Let's see. Um, that short seat on it. <laughs> hey, I got, I, got a, I got a question for you here. Um, one of the guys asked. He says, "Why not a why not a piggyback system um, uh, like the like a PVC? I think he's talking about the Power Commander four uh, for the seven ninety. Can't do it yet. Can't uh, do and it. I'll tell you exactly why. Um, we do have Power Commanders for the seven ninety. The problem is they don't. You can't. The way it's so tied in, it's actually taking readings off the exhaust, and if you change one thing, it well, I'll exp- basically, here's how this works: is basically on on the other on the other bikes with Keyhan systems. So that's like 1090 through 1290, Adventure 690, 701. They all have Keyhan systems. Basically, the way you remap a bike with a piggyback is all it does is it hijacks the signals that the ECU is sending to the fuel injectors at a certain RPM and throttle position. There's some other things in there, but to keep it simple, that's all it's doing is taking that signal and adding plus or minus a percentage to that signal. So the wider the bandwidth, the richer it is, the narrower, the, the leaner it is. So in order to do that, you need to make the, you need to fool the ECU into thinking the O2s are 
fine with what's happening. So you have narrowband O2s in the exhaust system, okay? Yep. The narrowband O2s are basically sending a signal uh, via millivolts to the ECU saying, telling it what's going on with the exhaust, and the ECU is constantly adjusting to keep the emissions where exactly they want them, which is 14.7 right. AFR, air-fuel ratio. On the Keyhin systems, you can put a little dongle in there with some resistors that basically send it, feed it the same signal all the time. Okay, mm -hmm. so and they're fine with it. They basically okay. I'm getting this same signal, and it's always the same, and it's not programmed to think that getting a signal that is the same all the time is a bad thing. It's just okay. like okay, I'm getting this it's, signal. Everything's ah, everything's good. We're fine. I stick to this. Now there is still some slight adjustments for altitude and other things. You still have barometric pressure sensors in play, temperature sensors, manifold air pressure sensors. Those still work, and it still adjusts for altitude. It's just not taking into compensation what is happening in the exhaust. Conversely, with the Bosch systems, uh, with these new 790s, the Bosch system is set with an algorithm where if you put a dongle in there to basically that feeds it the same signal all the time, it's told if I'm getting the same signal all the time, there's a problem. Okay. Engine light. So we've been able to remap these things. We, we have put dongles in there. We have done it. The, we've only done 50% of it. So there's basically two things. Your two things you're trying to do is you're trying to remap it, and you have to basically fool the ECU into thinking, you know, the O2s are still in play. So we're trying to remap it, and we're also trying to keep the engine life off, or engine mm, light off. off. Yeah. We can remap them, but the problem is, like, you'll still have the engine light. It, it's programmed to where it's like, you know what? There's something wrong. I shouldn't be getting the same signal all the time. I should be getting a signal that's doing this. Yeah. And when the Keyhens, if they get the same signal, they're like, yeah, I'm fine with that. That's huh. cool. You yeah. know, so that is the problem with the Bosch systems. And to get – DinoJet isn't going to do anything about it because they're, they've kind of backed off on some of that stuff. We're looking into some, some guys who can actually get into the thing and change some things. The problem is they kind of go, okay, this is going to be a lot of work. And so what we're trying to do is, is find a way that we can pay these guys up front to where they can actually go in there and it's like, listen, we'll pay you. Come, you know, go in there and, and help us work on these things. These, these new bikes are tough. Yeah. <laughs> we can do it, but we haven't done what we've done with the key and stuff. So, yeah, it's like anything. And, and, and I'm always kind of, I'm always kind Off -road of. Off-road use only. Yeah. I, you know, I'm always kind of amazed when people announce that they have products like, you know, today after the bikes announced, you know released or something like that and half the time companies yeah I, I mean how much testing do they really do and i mean i know there's time to be to when, first base yeah when when times when bikes get released and the, the bikes are before they're released they're given to certain companies and different people can do different things on the motocross side it's pretty prevalent mm -hmm. um you know especially with sponsor team related sponsors where they have access to that kind of stuff but even at, even with that sometimes it's just we're just hacking together this product sticking it on there getting a picture of it and they're still doing their testing I mean, cause or they're baby testing with their customers. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times I get st sent stuff. I get I get stuff sent to me, um, you know, and, and it's pre it's pre production, but it's already listed on their websites. Like we're selling it. I'm like, you're not selling it like this, are you? Right. You know, and it's like, it, well, there's it, there's a lot to be said to being the first base, but a lot of companies, a lot of times we're we're last. Yeah. Because we 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 pay attention, we see what everyone else is doing, and we take our time. We we want to do it right. We want to deliver quality, and there's. I mean, there's something to be said financially for that, the bottom line of that company to, be, to do w what they're doing, but it's dis disingenuous to the end user.
you know, because yeah. they're, they're delivering something that doesn't work. There's a lot of exhaust companies that just put stuff out there. There's zero testing behind it. They just put it out there, and they lose horsepower. And that's why this dyno is here is because we test it all, and we're like, yeah. this, and we don't sell what doesn't work. Oh, yeah, I want to talk about dynos. Okay. Um. <laughs> and by the way, somebody was saying that you would out tequila me. You're not even close to out tequiling me right now. You haven't even touched that thing. I, that's that's everybody thinks I drink a whole bunch and stuff. But you do? It's, that. <laughs> You're watching it in, in effect right now. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, that's, that's how this, yeah. I, 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 is this, this is the Don Julio. This is Don Julio. Oh. Yeah, it's not that crap my employee bought me. Thanks, Will. <laughs> you bought some. You know what? I actually like the crap that his employee bought him better. In what? I like the other stuff better. You, yeah. I think so. Have at it, man. Yeah. No, I don't need, I don't need that much. Um, <laughs> so... So it, it's funny because Chris is is I mean you have to in this in this thing be really aware of your your dyno charts and the, the, when because people a lot of people want to see it and just like we we're we we're what was the other thing we were just hitting on a little while ago that people oh they want stuff first which yeah. you know and then they want they want to see, how much more power does it make and again uh, this is the uh, Jimmy Lewis dirt bike test free tip of the night if you want more power you can. Turn the throttle farther. <laughs> so shut and, up, Jimmy. And, and how do you? <laughs> it's not selling anything. I told you, <laughs> make that Rob Wire <laughs> throttle grip that has this. It just says, "Turn me farther for more power." Turn me farther. It works with anything you have on your bike. Um, but see, a dyno is a hundred percent traction. You know, it's got it's got your wheels mm-hmm. stuck to that drum, so you get a hundred percent traction. And we're talking about off road stuff, so so it's very rare that you're going to get that hundred percent traction. Um, and and a lot of times what comes out in a dyno is a really good horsepower number just means excessive wheel spin to, to very a, much so to a guy that's riding stuff and that's why i jokingly say like we're talking we're complaining about the 7 horsepower that the 790 no we're not, i'm not complaining about it you are um, about the 790 adventure over the 790 duke it's got a 7 horsepower loss at peak rpm at peak throttle it's like when i'm i'm sitting there sitting there thinking and all those miles that we rode the 790 you know that we we spent you know 100 100 miles on them that day when was I actually using it? Maybe the three or four times on the street that I actually kind of really got the bike to peak horsepower and peak RPM. And, and, and but yet people are going to look at the dyno chart and go, hmm, I'm going to get that because it makes uh, two more horsepower. And I know, I know you're... I can answer that. I know you're a lot more particular because you will look at, like, the lower part of the power band a we'll lot. We'll look at partial throttle readings. Yeah. Every yeah. single step of the way. Yeah. We don't just look at 100% throttle. That's useless. Yeah. And, 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 and it's good, but you're not going to release a, um, a dyno chart <laughs> that, that shows a partial throttle reading. We have. Oh, I'm, we okay. have. It, it basically looks like a tapering off rainbow. Yeah. So basically we'll do 100%, 80%, 60 40 20 15 10 and 5 yeah. And they'll basically, and, and we'll, we'll do before and after so you can see every single one of them. A lot of companies don't do that because yeah. they're trying to sell something. Yeah, well, because it, it's, it's a lot of times if you're working on those partial throttle things, you would not have the same setup as if you were going for that peak, that that peak number. Well, everybody looks at the peak numbers and they're useless. Yeah, they're you're, useless. Uh, what? You're, you're never you're never riding the bike there. And here's they're the usually other, by by red line. Here's the other thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna build a dyno in my garage right down the street here, and my dyno is gonna put out more horsepower than your dyno. I'm okay. gonna tune it. I'm gonna tune my dyno so whatever I have, it'll make more horsepower in my dyno. 
and then I'm going to win. Okay. <laughs> Everybody knows that about dinos, right? Like, like they're all supposed to be standardized. and t- It's like some dinos are better than other dinos. When we were at Dirt Rider, we actually took some bikes to a certain place's dino and ran them there and took them to another place's dino and ran them there and got two different sets of numbers. Similar, pretty similar, but... It's it you have to it's a it's a tool it's a tool that you use to tune and 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 you have to know you I, I've ridden stuff that's just been 100 percent dyno tuned and some of it is pretty good and some of it is absolute junk and and the 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 chart that you see based off the dyno did not correlate very well especially the horsepower chart the torque charts were mm-hmm. a lot more realistic in my world when I would look at that stuff the torque charts made sense but um, I've seen a lot of that stuff that's uh, that's you know yeah. I'm not, well, big, we, I'm not a big fan of dinos, as you know. I know you're not. I know you're not, and I'm, I'm working on that. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of responsibility in owning a dino. There's a lot of ways to cheat. And, I, and I, usually, I mean, you can come in, and there's an atmospheric probe on there. So basically somebody who's dinoing bikes up in, you know, Colorado Springs at 10,000 feet is somebody's going to be like, man, Rottweiler's making so much more horsepower than you. You know, what's their, <laughs> you know, and it's like it's not fair to them. So they actually have at, atmospheric probes on there so basically yeah. it's called it's um it's oh god I'm, I'm drawing a blank but it's 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 a it's maybe a, it's because you a, drank too much tequila it could be it could be <laughs> but it's it's corrected power yes it's called corrected yeah. power so basically what they do is they take the atmospheric pressure into account and they report the corrected power you can do uncorrected so if you did uncorrected the guy in colorado springs is is going to make way less horsepower than me but if it's yeah. corrected power they should should be the same in theory match so what we try to do is when we put out numbers i'll i'll run through like a whole bunch of baselines and i'll i will look at them all and i will mark one best yeah and then i'll do you know then i'll modify the bike and then i'll look at all those and i'll mark that best and when we report we will it's super easy to report the worst one of the baseline and the best one of the oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we only report the best of all of them and we do it at part throttle and we it's not it's it's a tool in a quiver of tools to you know get to a, a goal it's not the end result a lot of guys are like what's the peak numbers and we always tell them don't look to the peak numbers that doesn't matter you know it's like a lot of times it'll signify there's a be a, a huge hole in the power curve and we're able to fill that hole to wait to make the power curve a lot more linear which is as you and, know, and that's, make and that's, some, that's something you can see on dinos yeah. you, you can see these holes and these fluctuations and stuff and just like you know kind of like have you ever put a bike on traction control on a dyno by chance have you run traction control modes on it? I have. That'd be interesting. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see what that does. That does too. You know what that does to the power. Rain, but, rain mode on the Duke puts out five horsepower less at peak. Yeah, and you could see it. Yeah, yeah. And and but it's it's the same thing. We're we're. But like, it's not like, using the ABS rings though, because the front wheel isn't turning. Yeah, so yeah, it's disabled. Different. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not actually. It, it's actually. There's a whole it's, cocktail. It's not. It's not working. Yeah, it's not yeah. working. So, yeah. So I, I like I said, I always like to explain that to people. And you know, when you're when you're thinking about this. You, when you're buying stuff based on a dyno chart, uh, that's not necessarily the first round of, of thing. What you got to go to bed? It's too late. <laughs> He's got to. Yeah. It's it's. What's the point? There's people are still interested in this. Oh, so hopefully, How I many think. people are watching? Can we tell? Twenty six on the Facebooks. I, I the, the 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 YouTube feed looks like it kind of collapsed here, but I can't tell. Um, I'm going to answer the last couple questions and then and then uh, go on a go on a rant. Um, From a longtime quad racer. Uh oh. <laughs> Um, oh, right here. So somebody said that if if he lets his KTM 150 TPI, or I don't know, he didn't actually say it was a TPI. If I let my KTM 150 idle for 60 seconds and whack the throttle, it bogs. 
why was it idling for 60 seconds? That's that's what I want to know. I mean, that's not a practical application of anybody. Can everybody out, out in the world hear that weed weed blower? Got <laughs> a crack garden did you, crew. Hey, did you did you did you get them to do that? Because we're going too long. Is that is that your way to kick us out of here? Now I'm getting kicked out of the Rottweiler with the boss sitting next to me. I'm trying to figure out why gardening happens at 8:30 at night. Um, let's see, uh, miles per gallon, 350 exc xcw. Uh, the difference is, <clears throat> I'm looking at it. Wow, uh, that's a there's a lot of questions there, Brad. Um, you're asking a lot. That would, he wants to know the mileage on four different motorcycles. Um, in if he wants to ride more than 200 miles on the tour of Idaho. That's getting pretty complicated. You're going to have to send me an email on that one. I got one. Got it. Good evening, guys, from a longtime quad racer. With, with a, a thumb, thumb throttle. throttle. I've always felt that I had more control with that over twist throttle. Why not see them on dirt bikes? Because that'd be stupid. <laughs> okay, uh, write down you're going to apologize to all the quad racers now. <laughs> oh, God, I used to um, be one. Oh, uh, shit, did I say that out loud? Yeah, I, I saw that. It was that, quad, it was that Quadzilla 500 you used to have in your other shop. 250. Oh, <laughs> You needed a 500. Um, actually, I, we've had a couple. I've actually had people come to our school that actually had the thumb throttles. Um, oh, yeah? And, yeah, they uh, they just they had wrist problems, and it was just a way for them to kind of operate the the, uh, the throttle more efficiently for them. I I don't get it because, in, in, in reality, you know, you think about the dynamics of the hand, and you're going to kind of turn your turn your wrist, but... Who, who you knows? know what? If it gets them on a motorcycle, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I love. I kind of, I kind of agree with that too. Um, in Wales, they they let you ride whales and uh, waves. Oh, waves to waves. I thought he was in Wales. What do you, Benjamin Cipher? What yeah. are your thoughts on the reliability of FI versus carb for big off-road rides, i.e., Baja or Tour of Idaho? Well, I've ridden my 990 to Cabo a number of times. Um, didn't have an issue. That being said, I do a lot of preventive maintenance, like filtering the fuel as it enters the tank, filtering the fuel as it comes out of the tank, filtering the fuel at the um, at the uh, fuel injectors or before um, it hits the fuel injectors. I filter just, everywhere. Just being smart, yeah. And there's no, I mean, filter the hell out of it. And it, you know, I see people that have problems clogged fuel injectors, and it's like just when you buy the bike, just buy. As many filters as you can. There's nothing wrong with that. I've never had an issue. With having too many filters. Yeah. and <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, the truth of the matter is, do you, do you want to bring some – the tools for uh, FI differ, and the tools are going to be a computer and a cable. Yeah. You know, so there's like two ECU cables so you can talk to the 990s. These new bikes, yeah, there's five ECUs on them, and it gets a little crazy. But now, I, I mean, the truth reality, of the matter is, do you I, really hear that many problems no, of these things? No, well, you, no, really. you, no, you do because you kind of troll around on the internets all the time, and you hear about that one guy that had a problem. Well, that one yeah. guy had that problem, and he posted it up to his group, and then some guy went and found it. And he put it on Adventure Rider as if it was his problem, and yeah. then twenty guys took it and made it into their own post. The next thing you have, you have sixteen thousand people, even though, even though they sold ten thousand bikes that have now had this problem. Moral of the story: forums are stupid. <laughs> Forms, sometimes they're really good. There's actually some good forms out there with intelligent people commenting on it. Mm-hmm. But to filter through all of that stuff to find out that, that yeah. this isn't really – this is a, a non-issue. And I, Heather, how many bikes do we have? 40 semi bikes? 50 now? I don't know. We have a lot of bikes, and, and a fair amount of them are fuel-injected. And hold on a sec. How loud is that thing? Oh, hey. yeah. Yep. Can we so, shut this door? Yeah, somebody should go uh, go turn the, turn the leaf blower on that guy. <laughs> 
it's the first leaf blower interaction we've had on the on the, our test. Um, but when you, you know, in reality, when when you know this stuff just kind of gets out of control, and we we haven't had any issues in all of our fuel injected bikes because we're a little bit careful about the fuel we put into it, and uh, or filter it, and fil- or filter it. We actually there's just one of the 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 latest tests up there on this this filter called a Googlatech filter. That's a you set it inside your gas tank mm-hmm. and it filters the 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 water or well they not, do filter water if not, you get the right one. Well, not with ethanol. Um, ethanol will carry the water right through the filters, but you have you to. You know re- how this how to get ethanol out of fuel? Did you see that? Video? Add water. Yeah, yeah, Add water. Yeah. It's an old. It's an old school trick. Yeah. But yeah, oversaturate it, and it, it sucks. It sucks it back out. But anyways, uh, I think we're gonna wrap up. Oh, hey, one other question I got is, um, and this this is a, this is a hot topic right now in my world. Um, somebody said, um, what do you think of Michael Lindsay doing a 450 shootout and buying all of the bikes? And so um, this is a. Uh, a guy who used to be at Vital MX that now has his own uh, YouTube channel. I always um, was kind of impressed with um, with him as far as he's one of the more um, knowledgeable guys about bike performance and understand how his stuff works. And he evidently went out and bought all of the 450 motocross bikes, although I would have to ask him whether he really bought them or not because I just don't see where he would get sixty grand to plop down on motorcycles. And it was sponsored by Chaparral, so I'm sure there's some collaboration there. But... Either way, so he went, and typically media is provided the bikes that we that we test. And so Yamaha has not yet released their bike, and we don't ride that until Friday. But they're available in dealerships. So he kind of is blowing an embargo, and then so there's some other media that's kind of pissed at him. And I'm like, hey, if he wants to go out and somehow acquire those motorcycles and get them before anybody else can, you know, good on him. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's effort. Um uh, the manufacturers sometimes are like, well, then we didn't get a chance to prep the bike or look at it. And it's like, neither does the regular customer. I mean, the regular customer does not get to have a specially prepped bike. And our bikes, even though everybody says, oh, you must be getting ringers and special bikes. And like, yeah, sometimes they try to do something. But I know in my case, they don't do that because I'll take it apart if I think something's different. And like, even when we rode the 790, magically you showed up on a another 790 and so we can go back to back to the one that they provided us with one that's a customer bought showroom showroom bike so i actually just got a phone call from a company and i won't say who it was they said we got five bikes and we want you to run them on the dyno how much we we want to release the one that makes the most horsepower to the media yeah that's and that's a that's a common that's a common (laughs) occurrence that they they will go you know they will go and check all the bikes to make sure there isn't quote a dud Mm-hmm. You know, and the fact and that, that happens, the, the yeah, there's just variances in Get production. It. The fact that the fact that you couldn't ride it across the parking lot and 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 tell if it was a dud is kind of troubling to me. That you actually have to ride it on a dyno, but then they just want to they just really want to check everything. They want to make sure that that media us when we're testing stuff gets what you would call a perfect stalker. And someone even accused. Um, they said, "Hey, your 300 TPI bike must have had a special. They called a Murrieta map in it." And I'm like, no, they don't even have the computer to talk to, at least not in the, the testing department. I'm sure R&D has one. But they don't, have the, they don't have the computer to even talk to the, to the Continental computer that's in. It's not the same one as is in the four-strokes. It's, it's a different setup. But, so he went out and, and essentially went and did, did this test. And, and um, 
people are saying like, well, what do you think of that? And I, I think it's, I think it's fine. And is it, is he going to be able to sustain and do that all the time? Is he going to get penalized from the manufacturers that he didn't, that he didn't cooperate with? You, know, you never know. Cause like, it's like, I remember they used to tell my friends that worked as the media guys at these companies going control your media, you know, don't let these guys go out and whether he's just going to become like a, a YouTuber, which is there's big changing times in, in our industry where, you know, some guys are, you know, whether they're selling camera equipment or they're selling perfume or, you know, guys in perfume. That's kind of strange. I don't really follow too many of those guys. But, uh, um, you know, is that guy providing? It is 2019. Is that guy provided 20? Uh, we're in 20, right? Yeah. yeah. Provided products, you know, is it, you know, are they are they being honest and genuine? And, and that's a that's how you have to kind of judge that stuff. So somebody said, what, what do I, you know, what do I think of it? Is that a full? I'm not even done with this one. See, even though I drink too much. Keep talking. I got to pee. <laughs> Great. Well, with that, um, yeah, better hurry up because you're going to have to read all of the the excuses. I, I'm, uh, like I said, kind of, uh, you know, kind of surprised that he did it. It's a, it's kind of a new channel he's got going. It's going to get him a lot of followers. I think that'll, uh, I think that'll work out um, in his world. And uh, yeah, so we'll see how that kind of stuff works out. Um, let's see. How do you tune for max torque on a bike? When I did my MR2, I used to constant speed dyno is easy. What's an MR2? Um, also, does anyone listen to knock while tuning or are most just bikes knock limited? <laughs> you see how difficult this is. Like everybody, there, there's some laughing out there. It's like, I'm not sure what that question was. Uh, Michael Brown. That's the good. That's the good stuff. I thought. Three, three, faces. three happy faces. I'll give it one. That's the tourist. That's the tourist. <laughs> They're calling it tourist tequila. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, how do you tune for max power on a bike? I know I got a question on the on the KTM 300 TPI. Also, they asked about changing the uh, power valve springs or adjusting the power valve springs. I know that at the intro and everything, KTM said they didn't uh, they didn't recommend it, and uh, you know, cause I like to try things and stuff. I went and headed and tried it. And that's why I, one of the reasons why I had the, the JD jetting tuner sitting on top of it. So if I did change it, it did make a, a difference. I wanted to be able to compensate with the jetting, the fueling, and it didn't, um, for, for one turn in either direction, it didn't feel like it needed a fueling change, but for sure it changed the power character of the bike. Um, uh, I did not go inside and change the spring, which also alters it, but I imagine I imagine uh, that you could, and it would it would make a substantial difference. So, um, but you know, just like when you're doing that kind of stuff, be careful with it. Know what it feels like. Uh, I have to go unlike the Rottweiler page now that I know he rode quads. You know, <laughs> listen, yeah, it's just two motorcycles. It's <laughs> isn't that twice as good? No. Yeah. Yeah, you know, three wheeling's a good feeling. <laughs> that's like that's a Honda the, slogan. That's what they always said. I don't know. Hey, Janie. Um, hey, uh, you got to certify me on this stuff. There, this is. Uh, I'm, I've had some. Actually, I think I might be able to get it for a, a reduced rate. Chris spent a hundred bucks on it, and I think it's worth about twenty right now, <laughs> according to everybody here. So I'll bring it in and we'll add it to the list. You like the cheap stuff. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. You're a cheap date. <laughs> huh? The the Herradura. Herradura. It's real expensive. It's the one. 
It's the one that you took away from me. You said I can't have anymore because <laughs> it was too expensive. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll invite you over for the uh, Clase Azul uh, Anejo. I'll show up for that. Negro Anejo or whatever it is. It's good. Racist. So I think I think that is uh, the end of the questions there. I can't see the questions on the YouTubes. It seemed like uh, it seems like that one went blank on us there. Probably used too much bandwidth or went over their time limit. But uh, I will, like I said, we'll edit this thing down like we usually do. It'll go up on YouTubes. You can watch us and follow us on all of the different channels. Um, now I know this is when all the questions are going to come in, but we're going to take those questions for next week because we've already gone way overboard on this show. But uh, Chris, do you want to tell me who I have to apologize to? I say I have to apologize to Josh. Josh, Chuck, Chris, Chris, Rocks Risers, and Waves to Wastelands. Yeah, but those are and like, your wife. No, <laughs> for the last X amount of years. How many years, Heather? Twenty what? Twenty eight. Yeah. You've been with him for 28 years? My God, woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, three, three, of those, three of those apologies were for you. They not, were. Not me. But, hey, uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, coming out, all the people. Let's, we're going to have everybody that was hanging out in the, in live in studio here um, back behind us. Uh, uh, next time we do it here at uh, Tech Talk, uh, Taco Tuesday at Rottweiler Performance, we will... Uh, you can follow Rottweiler Performance at Rottweiler Performance Facebook page. Where's your Where's your social media's at? Uh, Rottweiler Performance on Facebook. Rottweiler Performance on Instagram. Um, just Rottweiler Performance. Okay, at Rottweiler Performance. So we will uh, we'll put all that up on the on the edit when we do that. So everybody, uh, wave to the wave to the crowd. Cheers! Thank you for joining in, and we will see you out on the trail. See you guys. Right on. Ah!